1: Welcome to On The Way. This is Beth White, your host this morning. I am the director for the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship for the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we are a radio show of that office here in Chicago. And so this morning, we want to talk to two of our—two authors who have each— done uh, books on um, I'm struggling a little bit this morning sorry I haven't had enough coffee um, we, we are gonna focus on um, two aspects of the Trinity this morning um, one aspect is the Holy Spirit and the other is Jesus Christ and so this morning we have with us our first author up is Joshua Dennis good morning Josh
0: Good morning, Beth. So
1: good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. I'm flubbing a little bit with words here. Um, Josh is the National Director for Alpha in the Catholic context, Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But really the reason I'm having him on this morning is because he has this marvelous new little book coming out on the Holy Spirit. So good morning, and thank you for being with us to talk about this um, clearly a labor of love of yours.
0: Yes, very much so. That's right. Where'd where'd you get that language from? That's great.
1: (laughs) So, Josh, would you tell us a little bit about uh, our listeners, just a little bit about this book, uh, Living the Fruit of the Spirit, and it's come out from Word Among Us, correct?
0: That's right. Word Among Us Press. That's great. So Living the Fruit of the Spirit uh, comes out of uh, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, with my work with Alpha, we often spend a lot of time with folks who maybe have not yet had a profound encounter with the love, the joy, the presence of God, and uh, our hope with Alpha is to help give them that opportunity, but I thought in the midst of the work of Alpha, how could we, each of us, individual Christians, do more to bring the presence of the Spirit with us wherever we go? Mm-hmm. And it didn't take long before I stumbled across this idea of the fruit of the Spirit and uh, its potential impact not only to enable us to have more rich and rewarding lives, but to enable us also to be that presence to others that just makes them say, Whoa, what is that? I want that. Mm. And so it's my hope in, in sharing this book to really just start a conversation around the fruit of the Spirit and how each of us might better open ourselves up to participate in the growth of that fruit within our own lives.
1: So could you, um, for our listeners, um, everyone's at different perhaps stages of faith or understanding, could you just explain to our listeners um, where the fruit of the Spirit comes from, and um, as you just list them off the top of your head, um, how do we know what those spirit those uh, fruits are?
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I think, uh, to be fair, when you, when you have to write a book about it, you... have enough time repeating that list over and over again
2: exactly starts
0: to stick uh but the fruit of the spirit comes to us from galatians Mm -hmm. uh and it's described as this this uh consequence uh of intimacy with the presence of god in our lives and uh it, it actually is contrasted with um some of the negative things some of the the temptations and struggles that we might otherwise have um but the holy spirit fills us with these fruits uh, and specifically, Paul says, "These fruits of which there is no forbidding. Uh, there's nothing wrong with engaging in the consumption and the enjoyment of these fruits: love, joy, peace, patience, etc." Mm-hmm.
1: And so, these are these fruits are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're enriched by the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, that's a great, great question. Yes, they definitely come to us from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, in that way, they are a gift. Uh, but I actually do talk about um, distinguishing them from some of the the gifts that have more uh, uh, physical recognition like the the capacity uh, to preach or the capacity to teach or the Mm -hmm. capacity for hospitality, Uh, those other ones seem to be something that we we pretty much just get Mm. uh, as a result of receiving the sacraments and opening ourselves up to prayer and and the Holy Spirit. Uh, These fruits, on the other hand, while they are absolutely something we receive, Mm -hmm. uh, they're something that develops over Mm. time, in just the same way that fruit develops over time on a tree.
1: Right, so you have to nurture these fruits while it's uh, while it's something that's um, given to you. You have to engage in them. Is that right? Because that's a lot of what your book is about is is really how do you engage these fruits?
0: That's right, and and I have a theory uh, that there's specific things that we can actively do. Well, Mm -hmm. while there's nothing we can do to force the growth to just happen, Mm -hmm. there's specific things we can actually do around each of the fruits that enables that growth to happen more easily.
1: Mm.
0: So, for example, joy. Who doesn't want more joy in their life right Yes,
1: absolutely. (laughs) In the middle of a pandemic, we could certainly use more joy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think we get more joy by just really trying to think joyful thoughts, by the power of positive thinking. I think the spiritual fruit of joy comes uh, by seeking hope. Mm. um by receiving that that theological uh virtue of hope and engendering hope in our lives that enables the possibility for joy to come forward,
1: yeah and joy is different than happiness
0: absolutely it's, it's, uh,
1: happiness is um can be it's uh, situational uh, sure. and joy is um more in deep inside, right? It's a state of being versus situational.
0: Beth, I get the the sneaking suspicion you've read the book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) Yes, I've read your book. (laughs) But I think people um, conflate those two. So maybe just speak a little bit to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and this probably of one for me to write about, uh, because I have had that that struggle of um, seeking happiness and also uh, facing the struggles and despair and discouragement. Mm -hmm. And I point in the book to two different seasons of my own life, uh, one of which was a very happy time, um, and one of which was a very discouraging and struggling and and frustrating time. Uh, And I I pose the question, uh, was I experiencing joy in each of these? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the truth is that Joy doesn't come down to the circumstances at all. You can have all of the great external circumstances that you've been striving and struggling and hurting for uh, and still not be joyful. Correct. Uh, yeah. Likewise, you can have everything a mess and still be deeply joyful uh, because that joy isn't just a matter of thinking about things in the right way. It's a consequence of God's presence within you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what about peace? Share with peace. us a little bit about peace. We yeah. won't go through all seven, um, our listeners. You'll have to read the book to get all seven. But peace is another one right now, I think, that we all sort of yearn for, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so when, when we think of peace, probably the first thing that comes to mind is an end to violence or, yeah. or maybe somebody sitting with their, their legs crossed and humming to themselves and uh, channeling <laughs> an, an inner peace. Um, but when it comes to the fruit of peace, um, I think it, it it has a lot more to do uh, with our capacity to surrender to what God has for us. Yeah. And again, I, I know that uh, our listeners have been all over the map in terms of the things that they, it's very pie in the sky and easy to say, oh yeah, we we'll just surrender all this. Sometimes the work of surrender can be a very painful and difficult process. Absolutely. And I think for some of us, we have to keep going on surrendering over and over again. But when we, Give ourselves over to god and and we accept we don't get to control the outcomes of things Uh, we don't get to cleave to them then there's this opportunity to allow the peace of christ the scripture tells us a peace that surpasses all understanding to rest upon us
1: do you think that you wrote this book before the pandemic right i did
0: actually i finished my uh first draft of the manuscript the day before I found out about this word coronavirus.
1: Wow. So how have you then lived through, um, during this time, you're just like everyone else on this earth has had to yeah. go through a time of isolation and quarantine and um, and all the angst that we've all been dealing with. And mm-hmm. that last part you said, surrender. How do you think this book and really reflecting on that particular gift that particular fruit of the spirit has helped you during this time
0: yeah um and, and not I'm, to go I'm, deep I'm,
1: josh <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I, i'm going through the same struggle as everyone else yes. on the contrary if anything i i'm kicking myself because i, I have to laugh at myself I, I literally just wrote a book about this and then, like <laughs> all of your listeners i'm struggling with uh this peace with with disharmony and discouragement in my life um Uh, And I have to go back and read my own words and say, oh, that was really wise. (laughs) Where did
1: that come from? (laughs) From the Holy Spirit. I should
0: probably live that. I should probably live that thing that's written in that book that I wrote.
1: Right, right. Uh, Because this has been a challenge to surrender, right? But it's also teaching mm -hmm. us that we have no control. All those Mm -hmm. plans we made for vacation or all those plans we made for graduations or milestones and we had to cancel everything, but life persists, right? But
0: you know what? You know what, Beth, I, I have gotten to chat with, with many people in, in the work of Alpha,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I've gotten to have conversations with people who've really struggled in the midst of uh, the coronavirus in terms of the, the impact it's had on their job, yeah. on their family. Some of them even lost loved ones. Yeah, uh, But they are people of great peace. Mm. And what a testimony it is to the world when you see somebody who's been through the ringer but still has an unabated peace.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What other what other um fruit would you like to highlight?
0: Let's see. What was your
1: favorite one to write about? Or actually maybe what was the toughest one for what you? What
0: was to write the about? toughest one yeah. to write about? Cuz okay. you said
1: you said the you Joy said was
0: easy to write about. Yeah. yeah. I think for me that the hardest one to write about was gentleness.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Gentleness. Yeah. Um cuz I look at my own life and I and I look at at our Church, uh, and I see so many times when, unfortunately, yeah. uh, we as the individual uh, members of, of the Kingdom, not yet fully transformed, uh, fail to live up uh, to the gentleness uh, that that Christ practiced, and that Christ's Spirit, it's gradually engendering in us.
1: What, um, how would you describe gentleness? I think we all, I think what's helpful is if we all have a common understanding of what you mean by gentleness.
0: sure. Sure. So when I take the, the concept of gentleness, I, I contrast it, actually, to the, to the, gentleness, to the concept of, of being an, a nice person.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Being a nice person is a good thing. We, mm-hmm. we should all strive to be nice people. I just moved to Minnesota, uh, <laughs> and they have this term here called Minnesota nice. Nice, yes. And it's a real thing. People are, are generally very nice to each other, and that's a great start. Uh, but gentleness is, is something deeper than that. Gentleness is a desire for all of those with whom we interact to receive the good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's a way of interacting, because sometimes uh, we have to challenge one another. Uh, Sometimes we have to comfort one another. Sometimes we have to even argue with one another. But there's a a gentle way Mm -hmm. that we can do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, boy, is there anything uh, more encouraging than a person who's capable uh, of going through a difficult circumstance or a difficult interaction but doing so in a truly gentle and caring way. And that flows, again, out of Christ, but it flows to those with whom we are, intera- we are interacting.
1: Joshua, we're going to come back. Um, we're going to take a short break, and we'll continue our conversation about the fruits of the Spirit. And um, we'll be back in a moment.
0: We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Cupich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Cupich about ongoing efforts to safely reopen churches and schools. We'll take you to a drive-in Mass, one of the more creative ways to worship during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we'll hear from our new priests men who were recently ordained to serve the Archdiocese of Chicago. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at three on the Comcast Network, Channel 100.
2: Throughout our nation and our world, People of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today.
1: Welcome back to On The Way. This is Beth White, your host this morning. I have with me, we're speaking to Josh Dennis, who just wrote a book on the fruits of the Spirit. It's called Living the Fruit of the Spirit. Grace can trans- How God's Grace Can Transform Your World. And it's available right now on Amazon. Right, Josh?
0: That's right, yeah.
1: So, Josh, you we were just talking about gentleness, and you're right. During this time, I think one of the things I've learned working from home... Um, is that people are all going through different things. And um, I've gotten some snarky emails um, Mm. along the way. And I've really tried to just pause and think, who is this person that I knew in March of 2020 and what's happening with them? And then Mm. really, like, naming the snarkiness. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, being gentle. Because... Mm. I do think that we should not presume people are going through all kinds of things, all kinds of things with their families and anxiety, and um, we just don't know, right? And so that that fruit of gentleness is something we need right now more than ever with each other, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Take a very mundane example. uh, It can sometimes be tricky to to put ourselves in the uh, – to see through the eyes of – uh, what the other person is experiencing, what what challenge they're having. Yeah. In the book, I, I talk about my experience being a, a soccer parent, and if anyone out there is a soccer parent, <laughs> then they know what it's like to to have to get in the car and, and travel sometimes many hours to their daughter or son's soccer game and go to a big field. And um, I talk about the, the the funny thing that inevitably happens in some of the the soccer games that that you'll go to there'll be some uh, challenge to one of the calls. Uh, maybe somebody will get a yellow card or something. And inevitably, everybody who's a fan of one team will say, oh, my gosh, how could that have happened? What a terrible call that was. And everybody else on the other team will say, oh, that's right. You made the right call. This is so good. And somehow they all saw the exact same thing. <laughs> but their perspective, their, their sights impacted the way they handled it yeah. uh, and what they thought was the appropriate response to it. And we can get frustrated about the the way that people handle uh, the the things that happen in their life or the things that we share together, Uh, or we can live into the life of Christ and respond to the best of our ability with gentleness, regardless of how they treat us.
1: So, Joshua, I know that you are the National Director for Alpha in the Catholic context, and Part of Alpha, as we've spoken about on this radio show, is helping people have an encounter with Jesus Christ. It's not, yeah. as we discussed, not an explanation, not something that you can prove the case. It's actually having an experience. Yeah, um, an encounter. Yeah, an encounter with Jesus. So, in this, for this book's purpose, why? Mm. How are those two things connected for you?
0: Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's my hope uh, that. Uh, just as uh, the the apostles went forth in the first era of the the Church and and just as the great missionaries have throughout history gone and and proclaimed the message of the Gospel, uh, the message of Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection, to people who'd never heard it before, uh, by our living into these fruits day in and day out, week in and week out, month in, maybe even year in and year out, the people that we are experiencing day after day will themselves hear a kind of reproclamation of the gospel by the fruit they see inside us. Mm. Not because we tried really hard on one particular day, but rather because God is truly growing that grace of the fruit within each and every one of us. I think that that might be a more compelling message. Um, Eventually, Evang- Nunciandi, I think, is, is the, the document, um, mm-hmm talks about, uh, and and, uh, John Paul II also repeated it, Mm -hmm. Um, modern man listens uh, more to witnesses than he does to teachers. And if he listens to a teacher, it is because they're a witness. It is my hope that rather than by trying really hard to be a witness, we can gracefully move with the presence of the Spirit to thus be witnesses.
1: And the witness part is essential for evangelization. We, here in this diocese, talk about, to witness isn't just having the charisma in your back pocket. It's actually giving witness to how Jesus has transformed your own life, how Jesus is alive in your own life. And that's being a witness. And through that, sharing the gospel, but through your experience of being a witness to the risen Christ yourself. Up next, we're going to speak with a Christology professor. And one of the things that he talks about is that each of us have to come up with sort of who is Jesus for us um, Mm. in terms of um, not to give it away, but it's a mosaic, right? Of how we encounter other people. And so it's interesting that I, the juxtaposition of these two interviews, because I think that if people can experience the fruit in you, that's a piece of the mosaic of who Christ is for themselves. Right. right? Right. So if they can experience gentleness in you, then they've experienced the gentleness of Christ,
0: right, yeah, and this shouldn't be something passive. Um, mm-hmm. this This could be by the by the grace of God, these changes within us could be something that astounds the people around us. Could yeah. absolutely astounds them. And, and for some cases, it's when they see a, a, an amazing feat of of generosity or of kindness uh, yeah. or of love. Mm-hmm. but in other instances, what might astound them? Is the fact that they saw who we were before christ had this impact on us
2: mm. and now
0: they see who we are today and True. it's not it's not that we're the best in the world but we are so much more fruitful than we were last year or the year before that
1: and they can tell that's that's i've never thought about it that way before joshua because then you can see that it's not that person's will or that person's um, their own desire it actually has to come from a higher power yeah yeah. Amen. yeah yeah so what would you like for our listeners to know about this book and and um, why how they could use it um, in their parishes or individually
0: yeah thank you mm-hmm. um, my hope with this book is that it is a proposition uh, that others will improve upon I take each of these these fruits of the Spirit um, I reflect on the impact each of these fruits can have on us, mm-hmm. I reflect on the impact that each of, us, each of them can have on our interactions with others, both Christians and non-Christians, mm-hmm. uh, and then I propose a, a few basic ideas, uh, not on how we can work really hard to grow the fruit, but rather on how we can open ourselves up mm-hmm. to the fruit. And I would love to see uh, groups uh, read through the book and reflect on it and share and challenge and argue and discuss and debate, and improve upon the concept, uh, because I think that uh, holiness is a very elusive concept. It's not easy to to say, "Oh, yep, this person's holy or that person's yeah, holy." Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but growth in the fruit growth in the fruit is something that we can uh, we can, if not measure, then then at least um, uh, strive into in a very clear and direct way.
1: Do you know what I love about this, too, is you keep using the word growth and grow and... Um so much, I think too often we get to the point where we become complacent and we think we've sort of arrived mm. at our missionary discipleship or mm. um, at our, um, you know, hey, I work for the church, you know, and I'm the director for evangelization for the archdiocese. And I, you know, but I know in my own life that it's a constant maturing and a constant growing and deepening mm. of the faith at each stage of our life, right? Um, yeah. And there's something about that allowing that fruit to develop more and mature more um, that is appealing to me.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best things uh, that I love about being Catholic is where we have a growth mindset. We have a, an infinite game that we are playing. There's always uh, more of uh, God to discover, and there's mm-hmm. always uh, more oh, yeah. uh, self-transformation um, to experience.
1: Joshua, before, um, we only have a few minutes left, and I do want to, as the National Director for Alpha um, in the Catholic context, I really want to give a moment to um, for you to give an answer to a question that we're often asked. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, uh, Alpha's not Catholic, is what Mm -hmm. we're always told. And I wonder how you respond to that concern that our parishes have or faith leaders have um, as a person who is Catholic, yeah, um, and how do you how do you respond to that? Yeah,
0: um, well, well, first I I, uh, I share that uh, um, being faithful to the fullness of the teaching of the Catholic Church is something very important to me. I'm mm-hmm. very passionate about it. Um, I went to, to a small school near Pittsburgh called Franciscan University mm-hmm. of Steubenville that has a very strong reputation for its uh, commitment to orthodoxy and the fullness of teaching the Church. Um, and I went there specifically because I knew that they had that, um, that bent, um, because I am deeply devoted to, to everything the Catholic Church uh, proclaims and teaches. Um, but Alpha is not about giving the, the fullness the complexity right. of catechesis. Um, Alpha is about this initial encounter. Uh, with a loving God in the presence of His Spirit, uh, in His Son Jesus, and that is something that we share with our Protestant brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. This belief in the life, the death, the resurrection, the saving power of the cross, uh, and the ascension and the sending of the Spirit—these are all the common pieces that we hold together with our, our brothers and sisters in, in uh, Protestant uh, communities. Um, and so, I think it's something that we can be proud of—that we can say, "This." is what makes all followers of Jesus one, Mm. this message, Mm -hmm. the message of Alpha. Uh, And so as a result, Alpha works very hard um, to try to to present a language that is consistent and cohesive and accessible to Catholics. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they, of course, involve Catholics in the the production process in the midst of that. Um, But then afterwards, each of our churches, each of us, as a follower of Jesus, has the responsibility to journey to uh, initiation and engagement of the Christian life for those who get to go on Alpha.
1: Mm-hmm. And I do think that um, we we utilize the word tool for Alpha, that it's a tool mm-hmm. in your toolbox, mm-hmm. and that people—many of the tools in the Catholic Church are catechetical. They're, yeah. they're the teaching of the faith. They're the teaching of the sacramental life or teaching of—and how is Alpha a different tool than one of those?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Alpha is focused uh, from, a, from a content perspective. It's focused on the kerygma, that initial proclamation, mm-hmm. that, that first proclamation. Uh, but I'd say the real strength of Alpha is not even the content. Uh, it's the relationship. I was mm-hmm. blown away uh, by the way, experiencing Alpha myself after graduating from, from Franciscan, uh, by experiencing it back in, in 2006, how it gave me this new confidence of deep, intimate connection with the person Jesus. And how even more than that, I got to see those who've been going to church their whole lives but would say they didn't really understand what it was about, and those who'd never been to church in their lives, both going on this experience and coming away with a love and a desire to follow this person, Jesus.
1: And would you say that Alpha helps folks, um, as we close out here our segment with Joshua, on witness.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Pope Francis talks about in Evangelii Gaudium, the... Uh, the need to keep going back to this initial, its the first yep. uh, pillar, because we need to keep going back to this initial encounter with Jesus, that we might rediscover him afresh. And that gives us um, both the confidence and the newness of story mm. uh, to, to begin again with people.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then hopefully this, this book, this exploration of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, will marry very well with that desire.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Joshua. The book is called, tell us what the book is called again.
0: Living the Fruit of the Spirit, How God's Grace Can Transform Your Worlds.
1: And it is by publisher?
0: Uh, Word Among (laughs) Us, great publisher. So So so, so thrilled to get to work with them. You can
1: get it directly from them or Amazon or any of your other Catholic bookstores. So we thank you so much, Joshua. What a great book for us to be reading during this time. Thank you so much for your time.
0: All right. God bless you.
1: God bless.